It's the Jesus and Paula Show. Starring Jesus Christ and Paula Price. Tune in as we learn the mind of Christ and thoughts of God. Well, good evening, Jesus and Paula Show family. We're live. It's Thursday night. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Was that not the fastest week? I'm telling you what, Prophet Tal and I had a whole conversation yesterday about how it's like this is the slowest year, but the fastest year at the same time. Like it feels like it's taking longer to get certain things done, yet it's already June almost. Bless God. Hallelujah. We need more time, but we don't have it. If you've been keeping track of us, Dr. Price has been here, there, and everywhere. On Friday night, we hosted a movie night, 2,000 Mules, and it was really a movie discussion, information sharing platform expertise night. Got some fantastic feedback about it and the appreciation from the community of having a location like the embassy that will do things like this, especially with Dr. Price as a minister in the forefront. Uh, you know, historically speaking, a church has played the safe road, which is how we got here. Not addressing these issues. I don't, well, you know, that's not for us. That's for the world. Well, we're just going to do church. And, and really that's just, you know, church speak for, we don't want our tithes and offerings to be affected by people walking out of the door because we made them mad. And look at us, look at what happened in 2020 churches shut down by that government that you didn't want to address. Right now, still, all the random pushbacks, and now we have what? Who knows what the next vaccine that they already have waiting in line on the conveyor belt, already ready for the for the monkeypox that you can only get certain ways. All of a sudden, they're going to try and parlay everything into a pandemic. Global panic is what they're doing. That's the goal, is global panic panic in any way that they can control society <clears throat> that's what the invisible powers that be are going to do and then this morning dr price was on i want to get it right the steve gruber show he's syndicated out of lansing michigan and she had a quick 10 minute eight minute interview with him and she was answering about the shootings and and what's going on there and her uh perspective on the laws, gun laws, in an essence, in a nutshell, our belief system is this. If you are bent on murdering people in mass, children, adults, you don't care about gun laws. Well, of course, we should have laws, but laws are for the lawless. And if you already don't care, and one thing she said in that interview was she said, yeah, but people like this don't go to the regular store and get weapons. Usually they have black market weapons, uh, other people, you know, in, in gangs and carrying on they're sharing weapons. And this is the weapon we use for this. And and this is what's used for that. Other people, we've seen this in shootings, people going and getting their brother's weapons and their brother doesn't even know the, the gun collection they inherited from their parents down the family line. So there's so many ways to arm and weaponize yourself and make yourself dangerous. If you are already a criminal who is going to the, commit the highest crime, which is killing people and like as many as you can at once, what, what do you care about a gun law? You don't, you laugh at them and you're like, and they think this is actually going to stop us. 
And it's not. So she hit that this morning, did her classic This Ain't That on racism and talked about how all these things are parlayed into a racial political advantage and how if we're not smart and stop playing into it, where are we going to be? So that was her at 618 this morning. Dr. Price was already speaking wisdom to the world on somebody else's platform at 618 this morning. Bless the Lord. Okay, once again, Friday, June 3rd, we are having our prophecy prayer and worship night right here at the embassy, 7 p.m. And we're going to have our leader prophets, of course, Dr. Paula Price, hello, is hosting it. We're going to have worship. And um, our leadership prophets are going to be speaking and praying and prophesying and declaring. We also have guest ministers from the city. Pastor Sharon Doherty of Victory Church will be here as well. So excited. Pastor Sharon can join us. Marty Grisham, who is also an intercessor and prophet in Tulsa. Apostle Howard Hatcher will be joining us. Yes, he'll be joining us. And we have one more that we're waiting to see if they are available and in town and standing still. Still <laughs> to be with us next Friday night. So excited about that. We have had these nights before. This time we're inviting other leaders, powerhouses, and generals from the city to pray, prophesy, decree, declare, and whatever God has on the agenda for us next Friday night. Make sure you tell your friends, be here at the embassy. It's free. It's open to the public. You don't necessarily have to register. You don't have to do any of those things. You can just show up. Bring your worship teams. Bring your intercessors. Bring your prophets, your apostles, your people. Those who just want to see God move. And ultimately, that's what they want is to see God move. And so have them here at the embassy, 7 p.m. next Friday, June 3rd. Next Friday is June 3rd. Somebody hold my hand. Next Friday is June 3rd. We need more time. We need more time. This week, let's talk about our sale, our deal of the weekend. And really, we're going to start pushing these sales through the weekend to Monday instead of midnight on Thursday, especially since now we're broadcasting Thursday night. And so you, some people, many people catch up on the weekends. And so you're like, Hey, but I well, by the time I watch the show, the sale is over. So we're going to start pushing it through Monday, but this sale, sorry guys is midnight. Um, whatever it says on there until midnight, but we're announcing the mind of Christ thoughts of God, 5% off select products until midnight shop around and see what God is doing. Now, right now, um, Dr. Price is in the prophecy clinic case studies. I want to make sure that you are subscribed to her podcast. We have podcasts up there about the prophetic specifically addressing some of these issues. One of them, excuse me, is why freelance prophetics fail. So subscribe. We're going to play a commercial at some point throughout the uh, broadcast about subscribing to her podcast. You want to listen and download that one for sure. Why freelance prophetics fail. Last week, she addressed freestyle prophetics, prophetic education versus freestyle prophetics. So you want to go to her podcast. Hey, podcasts are free. Come on now. Free. Doesn't get any better than that besides our live broadcast. Also this weekend, in case Dr. Price wasn't busy enough, she is going to participate as well as Chief Prophet Tala with Apostle Dwan in her weekend um, conference. It's like a e-summit interviews combination. Apostle Dwan is so innovative in how she rolls out uh, information. So Dr. Price is going to be a part of that as well. If you want to register, that is a, a paid registration. 
And you can be a part to see what she's going to say in that area. Talking about the prophetic and miracles, I believe, is what she'll be addressing that weekend. So you see on your screen the information there where you can tune in. You can find Apostle Dwan online. I actually don't have a direct link to register, but I know if you go to her social media or her website, GICMP, you can find that information. It is not too late. And it starts today, actually, the 26th through Saturday, the 28th. Now. This is a fun announcement for me because we're bringing back what's old is new again and uh, announcing Soul Friday, Soul Call Friday, excuse me, Soul Call Fridays. We're bringing up, we're going to play this five minute, four minute, I think it's a four minute informational to let you know what Soul Call Friday is all about. Hello, Jesus and Paula Show family and friends. I'm popping up today to let you know that we are bringing back something old and repackaging it as something new. If you've been with us for years, then you remember Blog Talk Radio, where Dr. Price was on the phone with all of our callers and you were able to call in ask your questions or ask for a prayer request and have her speak into your life, minister to you prophetically, and then send you on your breakthrough way. Well, we're bringing that concept back, but with cameras this time. And so we're calling it, as you can see here, Soul Call Fridays. Soul Call Fridays. Technically, it's camera, but we're going to still, you know, want to be anchored to the whole calling season that we had. So here's how it works. If you want to be considered to be on the segment for Soul Call Fridays on that broadcast, you can text the number right here, 539-664-6202. Again, that's 539-664-6202. And you can text, as you can see, your name and the words Soul Call. We will, in turn, follow up with you with a phone call and get your information, see what your situation is, and if you would be a good candidate to be on this broadcast with Dr. Paula Price. Now you do have to be on camera, you can't hide from it. Um, we can use your name, first name only, we won't necessarily have to use last names, but this is not a thing of anonymity. If you want anonymity and you don't want the world to know your business, then you can always schedule a private one-on-one -on -one advisement with one of our prophetic ed advisors. However, if you want this opportunity for Dr. Paula Price to speak into your situation from the voice of God, it's a short segment. It's five, it's about 10 minutes long, 15 minutes maximum to address your specific issue. And what we'll do is once, if you qualify, we'll give you all the information for how you'll connect with Dr. Price, how we'll record your session and how it will be utilized on our uh, social media platforms and, and anywhere else that we're going to be. This might show up, your segments might show up in a Taking It On with Paula Price show. It might show up in somewhere else as well. And so we want to make sure that you understand that this will be public and that it will be used for public use. Very exciting. Dr. Paula Price, as you can see also on your screen, just a reminder here, is the author of 3D, Taking Your Soul from Distress to Success. She is the original soulologist in the kingdom of God. You weren't hearing the term soulologist really before she used it. 
and coined it and marketed it and also mastered it. She has been dealing with the soul and, and helping people for 40 years of ministry. And now we're rolling this segment out. So once again, if you want to participate in this, then you can text this number 539-664-6202 and text your name and say soul call in that text. And one of our administrators will call you back and have a brief interview with you. So stay tuned for more. I look forward to this. This, this excites me. This is taking, taking us back to our roots. I love it because this also reminds me of let's just talk where God makes sense. When Dr. Price would sit in the hotel, this is in the early 2000s, like 2002, 2003, 2000. And she would sit in the hotel and answer our questions every Friday night. And then we also took that to television too. So she's always been this person, has an extensive track record of accuracy and i look forward to seeing you and hearing from you for soul call fridays we're so excited about soul call fridays so are you excited in the studio yes 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 Absolutely. And we have the information up here on the lower third of your screen as well. We'll keep that up for just a moment while we're talking about it. If you want to text and be a part of that and be considered, consider, considered to be a part of that show, it's a consideration. <clears throat> you must be conducive for what we're doing. Uh, it is up to the discretion of our leadership team and Dr. Price to say we will or will not address this. For example, we're not going to address veiled things about other leaders in the kingdom I'm, I'm on the public platform. That's for a private advisement. We certainly don't want Dr. Price speaking into a situation about somebody out there that can blow up in her face <laughs> or in their face and say, well, Dr. Price was talking about you and she didn't know she was talking about you. And, and so it's very important that you choose wisely the subjects as we will choose wisely what she will and will not address. Now, having done this for years and years on the spot, she's good on the spot for navigating around and say, oh, I'm not going to speak into that because I don't think I have all the information. That's why we're going to be vetting you. Who are you talking about? You don't have to drop actual names, but there's somebody in my life who, who, who is this? Who is because we are responsible for what information goes out on our platform, especially if it's coming from us. We're not going to just put up the disclaimer, hey, we're not responsible for anything that happens after we say it when we know full well we are. And we want to make sure that you are responsibly submitting and we are responsibly advising. We already have some people lined up. We have uh, members of our church. If, if you, what's great is you don't have to live in Tulsa. There's a thing called online, Zoom. StreamYard, other platforms where you'll be brought in with Dr. Price. So you do not have to be here in Tulsa. That might be the first question. Well, what if I'm not there? Well, that's fantastic because we can bring you in another way and you can have your segment. We will uh, prepare you for it so that you can be succinct in getting to your point. Your segment is short. Okay. It's not a two hour broadcast just about you. And so make sure that you get to that point straightway. And so Dr. Price is able to speak into your situation. Remember that your situation can help other people in their situation. So the sole call is, Dr. Price, I'm struggling in this area. I have a question about this thing I can't get through. The, the emphasis is soul. 
So it's dealing with your soul, not just questions that you've always wanted to ask Dr. Price. Hey, I want to know why you wrote this about the dictionary. That's not what these, that's not what this is all about. I want to clarify. Sometimes she does have open Q and a, and that's what that is all about. But this is for you who is like, man, if I had five minutes of Dr. Price's time, I would ask her why I can't get past this moment in my life. I would ask her why I'm harboring unforgiveness. I would ask her how I can overcome. What is real deliverance? I would ask her those questions. That's what this segment is all about. Is that clear? Good. So we expect to get an influx <laughs> of people who now is not the time to be shy. Oh, what I would ask my question if the camera wasn't involved, the camera is involved. So I think that's automatically going to weed out some people who are like, oh, I don't want to be seen. Yes, I know social media allows us to hide in many ways. Uh, social media also can bring out the bully in somebody to where they feel that because people can't see them back or see them face to face that they can say what they want. So we also like the camera because that means that most people are going to be on their best behavior on camera, making sure that what they say is attached to them saying it and not some anonymous question that can be safely addressed, even though it might harm somebody else. Amen. Amen. I look forward to this segment. <laughs> I look forward to this segment. Dr. Price loves touching the body of Christ. She loves reaching you where you are to the best of her abilities. Uh, I still find it comedic that people try messenger picking fights. Now, listen, I would not recommend that you pick a fight with Dr. Price. It's just not a good idea. You know why? Generals are generals for a reason. They mastered fighting. Some things are just basic. You want to, don't pick on the gang leader. Okay. Don't pick on the top of the class. It's, it's probably not what you want to do, especially if you're just learning how to swing in the right direction to hit something. You probably don't want to do that. And see, the body of Christ is used to passive pastoral responses. When you're dealing with an apostle, you know what apostles are not passive. I mean, we're okay. Turn the other cheek once because the Bible says so, not because I want to. All right. And then after that, the fight is on. And so make sure you are not picking fights with mantles that you have no business showing down with. And we don't teach people that these mantles can smack you around just like anything else because, hey, everything has been about God is love and just call me Bob and titles are for, you know, about ego. Whether you whether a general says call me general officially, you would have to if you especially if you're in the military service, you have to. And if you're not, hey, I, I know you're a general in the military, but you're just whatever and you haul off and hit him. Guess who's coming after you, though? the military law. So to you, they may not be general whomever. You're Bob and I've known you my whole life. You attack them. You're actually attacking their office. Who found this out? You know, I love being in scripture with the youth group, Miriam and Aaron with Moses. She addressed this last week. Well, you just our brother. Oh, but not to God. <laughs> not to the Lord. They thought they were just talking family, right? In the kitchen. Come on now. You know how we do in the kitchen. And I don't know who Andy. What's something about what you get cooking? Your lips start running. You just down the street. And I don't know who he thinks he is. And blah, 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 blah. Someone. I mean, God talks to us too. See? And then they made it about his profession. So it went from being personal to professional. And God was like, hold on. Now, I don't know who you think you are. You forgot. Now, you knew. You knew. You know who Moses is to me. 
Why didn't that scare you enough to keep your mouth shut? In essence, and people get in trouble all the time with God. And we only see the fallout and it's often labeled as a what? Demonic warfare. I mean, let's be real. Let's play this thing out. Moses, Aaron, Miriam, the chief prophet in the land, the chief prophetess, the chief prophet in the land. She's stricken with leprosy. Well, what's our default setting? That's a devil. Wouldn't we say that? That's a devil. That's not God because God after everything and what we just went through and ba 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 how did that snake get in there? How did that serpent, the devil get in there? Satan found a way in through the ranks. We need to have a prayer vigil. My God, we calling together all the intercessors. The national is a national call to prayer because the prophet's been hit. Hallelujah. We have got to stop this devil from attacking our prophet because as good as she's been to God uh, and everything that she's done uh, and been there for Moses, uh, that'd be us today, right? But who struck her down with leprosy? God himself. He didn't even send an angel. <laughs> he didn't send, he didn't send a lieutenant. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a servant. He didn't send another prophet. He said, y'all come before me yourselves. We're having a meeting face to What are you doing? See, we're going to have to reconsider a lot. A lot. Well, a show from season one of Taking It All with Paula Price. Actually, I think it's a two-part show. Why Bad Things Happen to Good People, part one and two. I highly recommend we all watch it at this time. We're about to see some good people have some bad things happen to them. And wonder now, am I saying that every, you know, bad thing that happens to who we think is good is... No, I'm not. Come on now. We have got to be in the uh, in the mindset of where God lives and where he is in reality and in balance, okay? But we cannot have the default setting that any bad thing that happens to somebody that we've deemed good or that we've seen do a lot of good isn't God correcting. Moses did amazing things for God from the time he called him into his service, which was right after he did some terrible things to people. I mean, he murdered somebody. And scripture said he looked this way, he looked that way to make sure nobody was looking. And he killed that man. And God used him in his service anyway. And his, his true unconverted nature of his soul showed up in random places. I say random. It wasn't random. Throughout his ministry career. He does all these things for God and still doesn't see the promise. Some of us would say that's so unrighteous that he died before they got in. But God was like, no, sir. And he was honoring his word of correction from back, as we would say, back in the day. So God can issue out a punishment on you and still use you for like 30 years. And then come back and collect on that punishment after he's done using you. And, and, and then you somehow going to thank him for still using you and saying, but you won't see the inheritance of your work. That's going to go to the next generation. That's going to go. That's the God we serve. That's not the God that's preached in most places, but that's the one that's in scripture, which is why we talk about the scripture versus the Bible. The scripture, the scripture, the word of God. Over and over. How many people? He said, I'm going to come back. But when I visit for judgment, when I come back, I'm no. Okay. But I'm still going to use you for 25 more years. 
25. Not off the hook. You're going to do everything I prophesied. You're going to do everything that's instructed. And in the end, you will not see the reward of your labor the, to the fullness that you could have. Because, well, how many of us have hit the rock when God says, speak to it? He's trying to tell you do it a certain way. And then that flesh jumps out there. Ego jumps out there. Enthusiasm, bad counsel, you name it. Your friends are being surrounded by the wrong people. God gives you a specific instruction. And here they come with, oh, but I would and God. And I know God would be fine with that. And you, But what did God say? What did God, did God really say you would be okay if you did it that way? Probably not. Very specific. You surround yourself with the one or two counselors who will counsel you right into a ditch, counsel you right into disobedience, counsel you right into getting on the wrong side of God's judgment. And you know what? Well, you standing before God, you notice Adam didn't get off the hook when he said, but it was the woman you gave me. He's like, uh-huh. And she's like, it is a serpent you put in the garden. No, everybody was judged. Everybody was judged for their rank disobedience. And so the blame shifting, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, now he's on sending an apostle, a prophet, an intercessor. Some you respect, some you dismiss. He tried to send a homing pigeon to you. You driving down the highway, it's written on a billboard somewhere. Turn right today. Don't go left. You know, something God's been trying to say. It's on a commercial. You turn on the radio. Have you ever been tempted to go left instead of right? A random channel you never listened to. And God is trying to tell you, go right. Don't go left. And then oh, I was talking on the phone. I got distracted and I just went the way I always went. And there was calamity waiting for you left instead of right. Sometimes it's just that simple. Distractions, being constantly distracted. Dr. Price and I were talking about this the other day. Being constantly distracted in life is one of the best, fastest, surefire ways to mess up. You're not sitting still long enough. You're not before God long enough. You're not in prayer enough. Un I'm undistracted, unfocused. And I think, you know, people in our position, you can get easy to feel like you can always catch God on the fly. Well, I thought about it in the shower. I was meditating in my room. I was at the red light because, you know, that's a really long red light at 71st and Sheridan. So I really had time to think about that one because that's a time light, not a sensor. So I was really meditating there. And yeah, I gave it time. Yeah, sure. I've, I've, yeah, I've been before God on this issue and you really haven't. You have not. You spend more time talking to your prophetic friends, your apostolic council, your family. Who, whomever you deem to be your go-to person than you have with God, actually. And you can convince yourself that you heard from God because he was included in a conversation about the particular topic. I mean, I prayed to God about these lamps. You know, I, I prayed to him about you know, what, what we should use in the studio. I did. I interceded deeply. No, you didn't. You talked to three people, went online, checked 16 different websites, did everything and said, Lord, what should I do? Almost incidentally. But not really, not really stopping and seeking God to say, what is the direction? When you study the giants in scripture, there was something in common with them. They all gave God his time. And their attention. And Well, yes, in that time. Because, you know, we like to talk to God while we drift off to sleep. But see, that's not his time. That's our time. But we tell him this is our time. Oh, sure. 
Yes, gonna, Lord. Just, I'm just going to drift right on and, Yeah, dear God, you know, and I just... Mm -hmm. And then wake up and thank him for such a good night. Nice oh, Lord, that was so good. That was, Ooh, yeah. Mm, amen. Oh, amen. That God, was a I'm good word. Rest. That was a good word. Amen. Yeah. I mm. You know, I really appreciate you saying that because with us moving into the prophecy clinic, you know, there are a lot of clinical issues that God has with us. Oh, Okay. I'm just going to start with start right there. Just start with it. Yeah. We have a, a a number of clinical issues that God starts with the with us. And 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 when I say clinical, when we I want to remind you what we're talking about. Prophecy Clinic is about the clinical issues mm -hmm. that God has with those who say they are declaring his word. We've been talking about a lot of them, but if you want to make a quick list, let's talk about first of all your consciousness. You know, that uh, uh, that's already a clinical statement, your consciousness. And then when we talk about your consciousness, then we're going to talk about your cognizance, your understanding. Right. He tells us repeatedly, lean not to your own understanding. Don't lean on your brain, you know, and he said, get wisdom. And when you get wisdom, get understanding. So that's necessary. So cognizance, understanding of not just what God is saying, that intelligence, but also the mechanics of how God does what he does. There is a God has a formula and he has patterns. He yeah. told Moses, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. One translation says that God also has a pattern of behavior that he's looking for in us. So that, that's a good thing. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. And so we have the consciousness, we have cognizance, then we have character. Mm -hmm. The character is the imprint from the consciousness that the brain recognizes as behavior traits or behavior patterns. So you have to have the character. Many of the prophetic voices we have today lack character. I mean, I was just told about some sort of mayhem among the young prophets and they're fighting about who did what and who owns what and who took what. I'm like, well, I know y'all not getting the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, I know that the word of the Lord has left you. And, he, and you know, you all are like Saul in a distressing spirit has replaced your original anointing. Now, I say that because it's important for you to recognize that when you meet a contentious, gripey, complaining, critical, accusatory messenger of God, divine communicate, you need to know they have left God's spirit and God anointing on them has departed. Now, we call it anointing. I call it grace, you know, and then I call it other stuff. But let's just go with what people understand. So you need to have the consciousness. That means the mind of Christ, thoughts of God. That consciousness ought to get into and begin to weave itself as oil on a machinery in your cognizance. You ought to be cognizant of what is God, what isn't God, and not just prophetically, not just to prophesy, but also to to begin to understand how God thinks. Because ultimately, prophecy is more of God's thoughts through your brain, through your intelligence than it is just outright blurting out. Spontaneous prophecy is, is truly, it's great. But there are a lot of times that God will give you prophecies 10 years in advance yeah. and then cogitate that prophecy all the way over through those 10 years. So all of a sudden you sound like you have just gotten it when in fact you give it and then you go home and he said, remember we talked about this in 19 so-and-so? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. In 2000 and? Yeah. 
So you have to have that. I want you to hear me because this is very important. So you've got the consciousness. You've got the cognizance. Those tools should be imprinting the imprints, the, the typeface, if you will, because character is typeface. Right. You know, T-Y-P-E face, typeface, like your print, Roman times times new. And, and uh, see, that, so what is the cog consciousness and cognizance imprinting on your personhood? Wow. Because that's what character is. Character is the printout, the printout that's on your soul. So what is the character? So you have these cranky kids talking about you took my people and I took your people and you did this and you took my word. Oh, those are not prophets in Jesus's service. They're either furloughed, they're on downtime, they're on timeout. My, my, my. So, so you have the character and then you have to have commitment. Commitment to what? To God's thoughts and God's mind. You see, when we read scripture, we read scripture in 21 to 21st century, that's real, real different because in the era that the Bible was being written, you did not join someone else's service to remain yourself. Right. You were never to be yourself in someone else's service. I was watching last night on the Royals and they were talking about how people were getting fired for being themselves in the palace. Well, come on, talk about that. You can't be yourself when you are representing Woo! someone else because that is a misrepresentation. So this whole idea that well, we have to now, let me tell you, let's break it down. And what's natural. We have to have, you know, uh, chic haircuts. We got to have a little, the little tattered jeans, the little skinny boy jeans. And we got all of that. Those little skinny man pants for the skinny man. And then the man ain't skinny. Okay. Skinny man. All right. And so, and women have to have skin tight clothes. All of that is you. That is why when you work for someone else, they give you a uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one form. You need one form. A unique form. So you, there is a uniformity to serving God that you don't see today. And you can get, they can get away with doing it because they, they, we've taken you out of the Bible over 20 years ago. Right. So we now have you running on books of the Bible. You know, Bible snippets and slivers. But when you are representing someone else, you look like them. So you shouldn't have tattooed prophets of Jesus Christ. Now, Baal had tattooed prophets. Asherah had tattooed prophets. And they had to tattoo them because there was no way for anybody to know that they were different and set apart from the masses. Wow. So when they tell me all of that, I'm like, well, you don't represent Jesus. You represent the gods of this world. You represent the God of fashion. You represent the God of trends. You represent, you don't represent Jesus Christ. Just because you use his word doesn't mean that you represent him well, because criminals use the, the constitution all the time to get off. They showed it. <laughs> so that just because you use it, but the Bible said rightly divide the word of truth. How do you divide it? You divide it from Satan. You divide it from society. You divide it from okay. culture. You divide it from yourself, from selfhood. You don't individuate the word of God to, pre, to, to serve your purpose. So this is what Prophecy Clinic is all about. You don't even know how to vet a prophet. You look at somebody looking like you and you think, well, isn't that great? He's just like us. If he's representing someone else, he shouldn't be just like you. He, you should be, he should be making you like him who is imitating he who sent him. 
So the fact that you stand there, and I mean, they stand up there with the little crunchy jeans on and carrying on talking about, hey, it means nothing. Those are not messengers of Christ. Those are messengers of the false Christ. Right. Now, I watched a, I had to turn it off. It got me so mad. Then I said, but my prophets got to do so. <laughs> when we do our prophets retreat, we have got to watch this video. And I watched this video, and it has such a lovely name, Sion. S-I-O-S, Sion. And you are, in the beginning, you just, you're wondering, is this Jesus or not? Till you get down to Buddha. Till you get down to the Tibetan priests. They ran so much scripture through that video that if you don't know the Bible, you would become a Buddhist. That's why the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, who will take of what is mine and show it to you. These people did not get that from Jesus. We went from slacking to slopping to fighting to just downright misrepresenting. So you don't know how to weigh their prophecies. You don't know what to say. You're like, well, my Noah, Noah, they told you what to say. Well, didn't my heart burn? You think Satan can't give your heart burn? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You think he can't give you quibbling? You think he can't make you shiver and shake? Do you remember the prophets that we, that prophesied that looked like they were spasmatic? <laughs> you thought you were watching a Frankenstein character. Yeah. Or they got ready to prophesy. All of a sudden they underwater. You're like, where's the water? Where's the water? But you see, swimming, swimming through the world. That was to make you think they were deep. But if you were talking about a psychological soul, you would say that they had a mental di mental disorder. First of all, to want to be seen like that. Secondly, to tell you that, try to let you think that that's Jesus Christ. No, that all that stuff was reptilian. Yes. When I watched this thing, the man talked about the, the you know, because uh, we have to know what's out there. So I have to yes. know what's running in your bloodstream. That's it. Your spiritual, I need to know what's running in your soul stream. Because your soul is streaming something and somebody's feeding that stream. So I watched this. So I'm telling my, my prophets right now, we, when we do our weekend, we got to watch these videos because we have to refute darkness. See, I, I can do that. But many times you, when you look at how they're watching, why they're saying it, I mean, the things that they, this guy said about mixing up weekend with, you know, Buddha always talking light because he got no life. So he always running on his pen light. Because he does not have light. He's got to talk about the sun and the elements. Why? Because he does not have the light that predates the sun. See, we talk about light. Yeah. But see, we didn't get the sun. Does anybody remember the day? Help me remember. Day four, was it? When he separated day from night. He said, let there be light. And he did not use the universe because it was not yet created. See, the universe was not created when he said, let there be light. So Buddha light is fallen light because he needs the sun. He needs the moon. He needs the stars. His, this guy, it, you, you're like 15 minutes in before you realize he's telling you how to become an angel. Oh. And many of you all watch those stupid things and you say, see, I knew the Bible was wrong. 
Right. Now, and these prophets sit down because God, when God stops talking, you have to get your light from someplace else. So God, now you got to be down, downgraded to some sort of a, you know, artificial light because you cannot get the light of the glorious spirit of God because God's light brings life. It doesn't tell you how to run with his dead fallen creation. You know, many people don't know, Pastor Ashley, that in Job, it says that the, the heavens are not pure in God's sight. Right. God doesn't think the heavens are pure, but you don't know that. This is what we're doing and what we're, what we're talking about when we talk about prophecy clinic. Many of you watch that stuff, and because they, they, they throw out three ounces of scripture, three scripture terms, as far as you're concerned, that, that these people are Bible literate. These, are not, these people are not Bible literate. They're Bible contaminants. They contaminate the truth of God. Because they couldn't live up to God, so they have to bring you down to Satan. I just, did I want to say that right? That's right. I need you to understand, these people are not, they're, trust me, false religions out of these folks don't always start with them being false. Mm -hmm. What it starts with is they're being tried and failing the test. You look in their backgrounds, read up what it was. Well, I grew up in, yeah, but I grew up in a minister's house. Well, I grew up a PK. Well, I grew up a missionary's kid. Okay. So many, so many, and they're mad and they're angry because they never took time to get born again. And then when they, if they did, they decided they didn't like it. Absolutely true. When I was in New Jersey, I had a woman who, I mean, she chased God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She prayed for it, so she finally got it. And, you know, I'm interceding because, see, when you knew, you intercede for everything. When you get older, you're like, I need to know. <laughs> Do I want to get in that to enter? I don't know if I want to enter it to intercede. See, I ask God questions now. So, God, what do you feel about this person? Okay. And we're going to start with that. Because, see, Jesus might have healed everybody in terms of giving them healing. But trust me, he did not come back and, and bring all them on board. He still picked whom he wanted to follow him. So she, I mean, pressed God for tongues. We one day we she finally got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I mean, it was a battle because her unbelief and that rock solid, solid rejection and of God was real. Honey, that girl got the tongues. So I talked to her maybe a month later. You in the tongue? She said, "Oh no, I don't. I don't do that. I'll never do that again. That's stupid." Oh, now talk about blaspheming the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that girl was out of her mind for seven years. She walked up and down the street like a crazy woman for seven years. Because you know what? And Saul, because the spirit of God on her was offended. And his offense was, I'm going to drive you insane. Because only God keeps you a sound. See, God gives a sound mind. See, God gives sound mind. And so she, for seven years, when I say walked up and down, she couldn't talk. She babbled like an idiot. She, God was probably using them tongues that he gave her. <laughs> you know, like God was like, okay, you don't want to talk. She was an idiot. She walked in the cold. She walked freezing. She was whatever. She went back to smoking. She could do nothing without a cigarette. She lost so much weight. It was amazing. And you know what? When it was all over, she did repent. I promise you, she did. And she still died of cancer. Because there are things you can breed that it takes too much that God has to take you out of here to deliver you from it. So a lot of these people who are blaspheming the whole, I don't do that. Yeah, I was that and I wasn't that. No, God said he turned you over to his enemy. He yeah. turned that girl over. Yeah. 
And I mean, over. Couldn't wash, couldn't clean anything. Because, you know, devils are dirty. They are dirty. I want you to understand. That's why they sit there and make you take 10 showers and then sleep with 50 nasty people. See, them devils are dirty. I just thought I'd say. Isn't that important? Yes. So when you're when you're talking about the character, you're talking about the consciousness, you're talking about the cognizance. Let me get it in order. Consciousness, cognizance, character. And when you're talking about all of that, then you're talking about something entirely beyond a verbal prediction. And I want if my, what I want to come out of these times is that we recognize verbal pre prediction is not the totality of prophecy. And just because somebody can predict the future doesn't mean that they have a handle on it or that God even brought them into their future to predict it. He could have just given them the, the, the print. Here you go. Just, just right there. <laughs> because I'm telling you, all of those prophets that predicted Biden, they ain't looking too good right now. They, are they, they look rather short-sighted, narrow-minded. He's discrediting them as messengers of prophecy every single day they can stand there and talk about it they can talk about dr price said that's enough but you know what i had sense enough to know a devil when i see it i knew that man was a devil, a devil. but i also knew jesus christ so they prophesy now and i get a chance to gloat a little bit i took the heat yes i did i took the heat didn't i take the heat yeah. i bore the heat of the day yes i did i i borrowed but why didn't they tell us to buy some food? Why didn't they tell us to stock our pantries? Why? Because they felt like he was going to be the savior. And he was going to be the one that would outdo Trump. I want you to understand, they trying to, they, 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 they're talking about now having a poll. Do we want Kamala for president? We didn't want Kamala for vice president. We did not. <laughs> we did not want Kamala for that. You know? But did the prophets know that? Because, see, I told you, prophets, true prophets, get projects. And the language and articulation and the instructions and guidelines for that project end up being the complex or the prophecy complex that you start out with. Now, I can show you that because, you know, saints get funny. So just to remind you we're here prophecy clinic unveiling the almighty's prophecy machine message messenger mantleship manifestation that that's what we're looking at the message and then the messenger and then the messenger the mantleship how is this mantle operating and then manifestation what is it manifesting these prophets manifested this particular era under biden they manifested four and five dollar a gallon gas they manifested immigrant explosion because you get a problem you got to get a project so the project was for or against they manifested this economy they manifested afghanistan they manifested their prophecies manifested for you should know them by their fruits clinic clinic Clinic, 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 clinic. See, because they, see, because you have to understand words are very powerful. powerful. She, she's lost. Absolutely are you going to come back? Do you want me to take a break? Do we need a commercial yes. break? She's something. You need something, don't you? That is powerful. They, the prophets, because God starts everything with a prophet. We didn't say everything good. Come on. 
I own this. This I own. Because I sit with this man every day. We, 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 Jesus and I sleep together, eat together. We wake up, we walk and talk together. So Matthew, hear me, because this is real. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in, in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? See, we've been waiting 40 years to see this this particular passage of scripture cellulate in a being. Here we are right now. This is it. Brother, brother, 2020. This is it. Right here. 2020. Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many, many wonderful works? Then I will profess. I'm just stuck on profess. I will profess unto them. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. For you shall know them by their fruits. 7.16. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. So if we look at this economy, now I'm not saying that all of them are false prophets. I think a lot of them are just naive. But point still. But look at today. Look at the headlines. These, they what? Day after the election, I told you we were right. I told you oh, Biden would win. Yeah. And they, I mean, they went after it. They went at, baby, they, honey. And then devils had them apologizing. Those who thought they heard from God, those little wobbly, little, you know, stick figure prophets, apologizing. Yeah, you know. Not even the little fluffy puffy ones that they have now. We just the stick fit. So they and made them apologize. And I they came. I said, I will never, I will never apologize for not divining for a devil. I will never do that. Those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. So I will never, I will ride out darkness to come to the light so that when the light rises and the truth comes out, I look right when all door all night long, I look wrong. These prophets prophesy for God starts everything with a prophet. These prophets prophesied you into masks, shutdowns, virus, jabs, they, what you see today, because God starts everything with the prophet. They prophesied the man who would get it done for darkness. And here we are now as an, as a nation fighting for our lives. We, they prophesied no formula for babies. They prophesied empty shelves. 
They prophesied containers after containers of your supplies on the dock of the bay. This is the fruit of their prophecies. For you shall know them by their fruit. I thought y'all be all right. So, so while you are, and some of y'all are still are not okay. What will it take? <laughs> see, because if you don't see, we have word. We have works. What we've never had was wisdom. And yet Jesus says wisdom calls apostles and prophets. Wisdom also communicates to the righteous. So when you look at all that we're facing today, job loss, business shutdown, BLM, Antifa, all, we, all of that, they prophesy. Yeah. Right. And this is the fruit of their prophecies. Now talk about major discredit. <clears throat> now, because you'll hear them say, when, I mean, come on. I mean, they, they nailed me 21 ways for Sunday and got my whole prophecy wrong. It's bad to nail somebody and you're wrong. And you're wrong. Because I, I know what I said. I told you then and I'm telling you now. God said his, Trump's election was not the issue. He said getting him inaugurated. We're still doing, we're still working on that. But it's coming closer. It's coming closer. Because you have to understand, and I do, I understand that God gives you the whole word. God, when God talks to a prophet, he gives them a whole word. He said to Abraham, 400 years are assigned to your people. After 400 years, I'm going to come back. God will prophesy you down to Omega. Some of y'all too busy at the A, a on Alpha. Wow. Y'all can't even get to LPHA. But I'm going to show you something because it's important that you understand. So you can, they can talk all day long. I don't care what they say. All I want you to know, all of you all who have this much mouth, may your listeners, Come on, set it up. may your audience weigh what I just said against what you mocked, scorned, and ridiculed. Because I want you to understand, when they get to the gas point, they pump, they're going to remember you. My God. Oh, hallelujah. $150 Honey, I just had some. Okay? When they get to the gas pump, they're going to remember you. When they go to try to vote and they got over a million immigrants trying to knock them out after they have sown into this land, they will remember you. When they go to the supermarket, they will remember you. Nursing mothers will remember you. I just want you to understand because you need to get in your brain how this thing works. Let me get my page. I'm trying to find my page because I want to show you how this works. We think we know. All right. Ezra, talking about prophets' projects. Ezra, chapter 5. Then the prophets Haggai and Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel unto them. Then rose up 
Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Yeshua, the son of Jehozadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, and with them were the prophets of God helping them. You didn't help God build. You helped Satan tear down. And that stays on you. Like Moses hit that rock and God never let it go. God will never let go what you did. Because you cost him a country. You cost him a population. You cost him a globe. All for the sake of spectacularism or spectacularity and sensationalism. Because you brought this on us. Because you should have joined with those who were fighting for life and not death, not mics. So you joined those who were fighting for the mic. And we were standing fighting for the life of a land. Come on. The life of a nation, the life of generations. We were doing that. We were seeing a prophet that cannot discern spiritual warfare, cannot discern dark invasions, cannot, that cannot discern or recognize villainy. We got a problem. And none of that did you do. You can talk to God all day long and you will not leave this planet without paying him back for what you taught cost him because you cost him lost. You didn't care about God. You didn't care about Jesus. And you didn't even get that from God. You got that from sitting around tables with, and, and, and polling your prophetic friends at conferences. So your little straw poll, you all agreed this is how it should be. What if we had the sense that we have today and we began to fight and push back on that thing and shut it down and say, you cannot have this because this is what God, what if you had taken that stance instead of taking the stance of TV spots and conferences and big engagements? What if you had? Would we be paying $5 a gallon for gas? Would our shelves be empty? Would we not be able to buy a car for six months? Because there's nothing on the lot. Would we? Would we have babies, mamas who have to go to the internet to mix up formula for their kids? Yeah. I look real good right now, don't I? Because we were in Make America Great Again. And you, that was not your, your objective. Your objective was to make America gone, always. You wanted to get rid of us. And if you didn't, you should have figured it out. Next time you know, you start, you stop trying to guess who's coming to dinner. You may not need to be sitting at the dinner table with God's adversaries. And you might want to get some astuteness. And I said it and I've been saying it every week because I know Jesus Christ. God said we got to get him inaugurated. Now, that's what I do know. I don't know about anything else. I know that. And I tell you every day, Biden's looking less and less like he should have been inaugurated. This man is making all kinds of ridiculous statements. We don't even and deals and mindless deals, although I know it's not him. So my prayer we already had, from what I understand, at least one state. Uh, first of all, I blessed the guy with 2,000 mules. I bless him. Yes. Can I say I bless this man? Yes. <laughs> I bless him to get the rest of the story out because I know there's more. Oh, yes. 
I bless 2,000 mules. I tell every saint, watch it. Go take your children. Play it in your house. Play it on your phone. If you have a business, play it in your business. So you can understand that when the media said this was a fair and impartial, you now even know the news bureaus who were complicit in this. Think about it. I want them to do bless, bless, bless this man, God, bless him. Let him make so much money that his grandchildren's great grandchildren's great grandchildren. That he'd be up there with the Rothschilds and all of them, because this man put it on the line for our country. And we have politicians putting it on the line for our country. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a conservative girl. I'm, I'm, I'm really pretty much whoever God wants. That's who I want. So, you know, I don't know. My party has to be the Jesus partisan, I guess, because I want what he wants. But I need you to understand that it is time for you all who are Christians, hey, wipe your face, get up off your repentance knees and get to work saving our land. We need to pray these states all that this thing is opened up, that it floods, that we can't get away from it. This this theft, this cheat, this stealing, this betrayal, this deal, this so-and-so, this bait and switch, but all of it. Because we have only one way right now to save our land, and it's in you. And one thing about people, mature people, when they make mistakes, they own it, and then they fix it. They own it. And then they fix it. You know, boy, I was tricked. You where know, one woman said, no, I was, boy, I was deceived. It's okay. Anybody can be. This was a masterful game in place a long time. So if you are the mature saint of God and Jesus is still your Lord and Savior, own it and fix it. And fix it so that it never happens again. <laughs> That is my prayer. That is my unction. We need to halt this runaway train. We need to put somebody in there who's going to put some food on our tables. Keep water. Shutting down our pipelines. Shutting down our industry. This is prophecy. Y'all prophesy our industry will be shut down. You prophesy the Afghanistan debacle. You did. Y'all prophet did that. Own it and fix it. That's God's word to you. Own it and fix it. Can we say that again? Own it and fix it. Because that's what I know mature people do. All of us can make a mistake. Every last one of us can slip up, fall down, roll over, think we did. We can be bought when, we, when we're in trouble we, because we can't meet our needs. Those are, all of those are vulnerabilities of humanity. It happens. But God wants you to fix this. And he wants you to fix it today and fix it soon and fix it now. You know, we are here's what we can honestly say. I once was blind, but now now I see. See, that's where you are right now. I once was blind. And I'll tell you something. A people who have been tricked and deceived and duped like we have been as a country. That's a that's a a population that is hard to deal with you will the rage the anger the embarrassment the loss and the suffering oh no we are going to be the line of judah and we are going to get this back watch me this i know because when you when you 
do what has been done to a powerful people. See, we are not the third world. And although I praise God, I pray for them. Some of them were smart enough to fight that. But we weren't that. We are the 50 United States. 50. That's 50 nations. They came against us like we were 50 little pools, little pools of water in a desert. But let me tell you something, the same power, the same spirit that fought for us in the beginning, that spirit is still resonant and is resonant in stronger people, yes. more educated people, more intelligent people, more enlightened people. That power, we are a force to be reckoned with once we stop trying to figure out how this happened. You understand all of those shootings? I'm putting an article up to, later on today. All of the shootings, that's part of this agenda. Come on. Right. But it was prophesied. Because I'm going to tell you something. A quality prophet would say, if this man gets in office, this is what will happen. Because that's what Samuel did with Saul. He said, now y'all going to put him in office, so let me tell you what you're going to do. And Saul got in office because God put him there. But he, Samuel said everything that he would do. None of these people told us what Biden would do. Only the people who prophesied, who prayed rather, that he wouldn't get in would tell us what would happen. True. None of you got the rest of the story. None of you saw the future that you were predicting. And I want you to hear, this is very important because right now, we blew it, but we can fix it. And we're going to say it to our friends. Oh, no, we can fix this. This is not about Democrats. This is not about Republicans. This is not about parties. This is not about liberals. It's not about liberals, libertines, none of that. This is 100% about will we be America in January 2023. That's your only thing. You're not voting for a person unless that person is the one that's going to help keep us the United States. Forget that other stuff. Don't have those, don't let the media run you down the primrose path to idiocy. This is about your homeland. This is about your homeland. This is about your nation. It's about your country. It's about where you will live and on whose national roles will you be in 2023. This is not about that. This is not a, this is not a political speech. This is patriotism. This is you this decreeing to darkness, you cannot have our land. You're not going to make me a slave. You're not going to make me a puppet. You're not going to run me in the ground. You're not doing that because I have children. I need to leave this country too. That's right. This is not about that. And that's what I got when I watched 2,000 Mules. Well, I already ha always had it because you've never been saying it. But when I watched it, one of the things I kept saying, hold on. Everybody, hold on. This is not about any of the things, a party, Republican. It's not about a party. Right. This is about a country. This is 100% the population of the country putting its full weight together to push back on what's trying to annihilate it. This is not what you think it is. 
Don't believe the media. This is not about jab, no jab, done, no done. This is not about that. You have to have a country to jab. Yeah. You know, when they decided to do this thing with the who, what did we do? We pushed back. So I want you to understand. You, we have the power, and humanity has it as a species of this planet. We have the, we have the power. We don't have to lay down like this. Let them tickle our stomach and cut our throats. Oh, my, my. We don't have to do that. You don't have to let your country be sold. You don't have to do that. And you only got this year. Because if you don't stand up this year, this question will never be put to you again. Now, you'll have your little rogue guerrilla forces who are going to try to undo and overdo what should have never happened. But right now, it's in your power to do this for the United States of America, not the politics of America. My, my, my. The United States of America. This is in your power right now. So when you think about who you're going to vote for before you get to the poll, do your homework. Study everybody who's running. I don't care if they're running for dog catcher. Dog catcher? You know, dog catchers have aspirations. The dog catcher catcher today may be the senator tomorrow. You decide. This is not about him. Did I say it? You make the decision. For your country to exist. Once we secure that, we can go back to fighting stupid fights. Because we now have a nation in which to fight stupid fights. But right now, we are one nation under God. Indivisible. 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 And I need you to think about that. We're going to take a short break and then we're coming back. Mark your calendars for June 15th through the 18th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary hosts her annual Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. This year's theme is the station of the prophet in God's future, unlocking the future of the Almighty with the key of prophecy. Keynote speakers include Prophet Elizabeth Tyam Fook, Prophet C.T. Johnson, Assistant Chief Prophet Angela Powers, and Chief Prophet Tala Price and Chief Apostle Paula Price If you are an ordained prophet, register for Dr. Price's Private Prophets Luncheon Register your teenagers for our youth conference Our youth theme is Identity the Key to Destiny, Redeeming this Generation Visit www.drpaulaaprice.com to register individuals, teens and groups today It's the Taking It On Show with Paula Price. With your host, Paula Price, taking on the issues, representing Jesus Christ, unapologetically truthful, taking on popular opinion. And now, it's your host, Paula Price.
Well, we're back. And if you look at the screen, we're going back to the clinic. Back to the clinic so we can cover what we want to cover. And what I what I opened with today is to give you some real interesting things to let you know a clinical approach and case review, case analysis approach to the prophetic, to prophecy in general is necessary. We gave you that. You probably have seen it. So we will just move on to the next one. And then what, prophecy clinic again. Based on what should the should the testifier, storyteller, right, yeah. reporter, or talebearer state of mind matter? Should it matter if a person is emotionally stable or not when they're giving you information and making assessment of God's ministers, God's prophets, God's apostles, God's messengers, their pastors? Should their state of mind enter into the picture? Should you be con concerned? Because if I, with me, I want to know. First of all, there are some people that crazy just shows up in their eyes. Yeah. It just, it's just yeah. there. It's looking at you. Dare you to catch me. Dare you to see me. And yet, if you're spiritually blind or if you're blinded by your own flesh and you're blinded by your anger with the leader, your contempt for what's being said, if those blinders are on you, then you can easily be made a victim of irrational, insane destruction of a minister who's just trying to do God's job. You can actually become that. We've lived it. That's why when we opened up the prophecy clinic, I told you about the case of the leader who had been for a, a, almost two decades in the, in a position, growing up, everything, never left childhood behind. Never left envy, resentment, criticism, accusations, and strife behind. All of those things that you look and look at in scripture, and it talks about tail bearing and strife and envy and judging and, and all of that, all of that are character traits. They're emotional states of existence. The fruit of the spirit, that's an emotional, psychological, or solical state. That is literally statements to tell you what a, a healthy and positive soul and its outlook and perspectives look like. Wow. The works of the flesh, that those are case statements. Those are traits and attributes of dysfunction. We had it so spiritualized, we never paid attention to the fact that it was, they are attributes of dysfunction. When Jesus gives the parable of the seed and the sower and the word, and he said the sower sows the word and all of and then when he runs down what happens to that word based on the state of the soul stony ground shallow folk these are psycho emotional states of mind of heart and he runs all the way down there because we keep saying, well, no, it's, that's not in the Bible. Do you realize that the Bible mentions soul? And I've said it to you before, and I'll say it again. Over 400, close to 500 times does God talk to soul. He talks about the heart, 
the state of the heart is discussed in scripture. Psychology did nothing but peel away the Jesus factor and siphon off the wisdom so that they could use it for the doomed, the mortal, and the blind and deceived. Many of us, don't, you don't realize it. We like the 12-step program. Doesn't that sound great? Sure. Those were steps to Jesus, right. not steps to the universe. That's right. Do your homework. 12 steps was about Jesus Christ and his power to save even the most enslaved soul. It wasn't about steps to the universe. Let's just look out there and buy a star, M, star number M5602 and rename it with your name. It doesn't know you and you can't get to it. Think about the 12, think about public school, which is now just about wholly turned over to death, doom, and destruction. It began as Sunday school. A man saw all of these orphans playing in the street on Sunday, nothing to do, nobody cared about them. And he took it upon himself to teach the Bible. Of course, if you're going to teach the Bible and people can't read, we move into that. Because at that time, only the well-to-do children received education. And they received the education of their parents' beliefs, values, and ideologies, which is not too much different today. So all of this stuff that you think Satan invented, he didn't. He hijacked it. He stole it. He perverted it and distorted it. And then peddled his downgraded version to you, the society or culture in public today. That's what made us great. What made America great was Jesus Christ. And then we stopped naming him and we started calling him it and thing. And we stopped saying we, we were saved. Now we just practice our faith. You still practice him. And look at what your practice did. Did not get you to start. Well, so you practice a faith the way you could live with it and abandon the God who's supposed to be the object of your faith. So now we have all of these people. We have this, this determination to take us down. One of the things that I studied, and you can all of you go online and look and read, look, read how to destroy a nation, how to take over a nation. It's there. It's there. And you're going to see all of the steps that we've lived in that article. And you know what they said? The first thing is to break its soul. That means pummel it till its hope has died, till it can't believe in itself anymore, till it can't recover any longer. And the seduction is facilitated by drugs. If you look at it, Woodstock was the turnkey of this, the drugging of America. We got all these old folks today, they're still reminiscing like it was the best thing ever was, not realizing that they, they gave this country over to drugs. Wow. Now, we, we went from trying to keep you sober, healthy, and whole, to now selling you more drugs and more pills and more ways to cease to be alert, alive, and judicious. We have changed that. Because... Well, you know, Jesus drank wine, and yet when Paul comes, he said, don't be what? Overcome with wine. Mm 
and strong drink. If you're a leader, Proverbs 31 says, don't drink, period. So Satan can't do anything with the sober-minded soul. He has to have intoxicants because they, they, they create little fissures in your judgment center, in your psychological stuff, in your mind that he can creep in. You know, devils don't need a window. They just need a pinhole. So now you do everything with the drink. Now we have where you're consumed with trying to get sober. We have a nation that's consumed. This is really funny. If we have a nation that's consumed with trying to either get sober or to get high. That's it. But it's all about keeping you out of your right mind. It's all about intoxicating and contaminating and ultimately infesting your soul. That's what this is about. So we have these people who are, are and intoxication can be a substance, a food, a practice. Like sex addiction is a practice. Now you may get a little drugs to keep it up or maybe to help things along, I'm not quite sure. But it's still an addiction. There are people who are addicted to anger and rage. You don't stop your car fast enough and they almost hit you. They want to get out and kill you. They love the feeling of rage. It makes them feel powerful because outside of that rage, they're insignificant and often ignored or totally just invisible to everyone. Rage makes sure they're visible and they're audible. So there are people addicted to rage. Prophecy Clinic. There are people who are, are addicted to sorrow. You know, the Stockholm Syndrome folks. There are people who are addicted to always having problems and crises. They need sadness because sadness, sadness is the emotional drug of choice. When things are going really well, they have to create circumstances and situations to go back to sorrow because what are they going to do with this this backlog of 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 sorrow and sadness waiting to gush into their life waiting to destabilize their world so there there are people who just do that we have people of course we know addicted to clothes addicted to shopping to them how people see them is more important than how they exist Addicted to shopping. I got, you know, people have to keep seeing them. No, I don't do, I'm sorry, I don't do cheap. Now you living in your car, which is about to be repossessed. But you're going to look good standing on that corner thumbing a rock. Or if you're homeless, you're going to have a whole lot for the homeless shelter people to pilfer and take. Irrationality. What the mind, what the soul needs to feel significant in this world. That's what this is all about. Soul significant. I need to know what my soul needs to be feel significant in this world because my soul stasis is way more important than my physical existence. And everything that I mandate my physical self to do is to the end that I can keep my soul feeling significant so that it's always trying to 
or projecting itself to persuade people, I'm special, I'm significant, I'm important, I am potential. And unfortunately, the fragmentation of our souls and life, the, the breakage and all of those kinds of things, they scatter that instruction so that it picks up certain ways. Just think of yourself as dropping a you know, $2 million vase. You know, even glued together, you're still going to have a little money in that. So you glue it together. And each piece now can no longer join to the other to present the whole. So now you have to sell it as a rescued piece of art. Wow. As a glue, cut and paste piece of art. But it's it, it, before then it was two million. Even now it could be worth a little something, especially if you slap a story on it. Oh yeah. You slap the right story on it. People will buy it just because the, you know, this vase was broken by the king of so-and-so when he, when he was rejoicing that his wife came back to him. So every piece we see is a restoration of a cherished union. Oh, yeah, you're going to buy it. But isn't that what souls do? Souls tell stories that they want people to buy. Broken souls tell you very hyper-emotional stories or fantasies that they want you to buy so that you accept their brokenness as something to be cherished. Not to say recovery will have broken soul, but a broken soul will sell its brokenness more than it will ever sell its change or its reformation. A broken soul wants you to buy their brokenness. That's why you have friends in your life who are mean, who are uncomfortable to be around. There are people in there who lie on you. They cheat. They still, those are all that vase asking you to accept it as it is mm. and don't attempt to repair it beyond the pieces it's put together. Wow. That's how we got here. So after a while, brokenness became the norm. Everybody needs some counseling. Everybody's soul is broken. We all crack pots and carrying on. But see, when Jesus puts you back together, it's a seamless mend. Right. Because he owns the patent on all of the materials that it takes to make the broken whole and new again. Humanity can only glue you. <laughs> Come on. But Jesus Christ renews you. So that nobody remembers that chip and nobody remembers that crack and all of those pieces are not waiting to cut you when you wash it, cut you when you dust it, move it. My God. So the question is, should the mental state of the person carrying gossip sharing their story, tearing their pain. You know, into the church's mind, if you cry, it means you can't lie. Are you kidding? Lie, tears make the lies, I mean, lies float on tears. That's the rowboat, honey, lies, are, are come on, the rowboat. You can just float on tears. 
And you're like, well, I just, I mean, they look me in the eye. How about they look you in the eye? Do you realize that there are people who can look you in the eye? Listen, ask a car salesman. Hey. A lot of them can look you in the eye and tell you that car belonged to Elvis Presley. And they had to alter it a little bit. Yeah, it's 2018. All right. But they can do that. There are people, a drug addict can look you in the eye and lie. And you know why? Because that lie is a survival tool. And because self-preservation is the most primal and yet highest, um, um, what is it, a duty of the soul. I don't want to get it right. I don't want to say what I was thinking. But anyway, duty of the soul they will lie that lie is a survival mechanism to persuade you they know they must persuade you to separate you from your possessions to their benefit and they can straight lie you they can look at you not even blink and don't blink at all you can look in their face and before that that the guardian of that lie comes up you can see this and immediately the anointing on them because everybody has an anointing. The anointing on them begins to rise up and block your view. So should the following be taken into consideration? Consideration, diluted testimony assessment. I talked to you last week about the woman that couldn't get a story right if we paid her. If we gave this woman a lottery, she still couldn't get it right. She couldn't because that's how it, it, um, constitutional her dyslexia is. She's not just dyslexic reading, but dyslectic, dyslexic observing and deductions. Going to flip things. So before you hear the end from the, before the beginning and you think the end is right. Naive, inexperienced, undisposed criticism. Somebody who just got saved or somebody who just got to your church or someone who just came to visit you, who just came into your life, all of a sudden they can, they, they are criticizing you. Well, that person is a critic, period. That is an unha unhappy, unhealthy, strifeful soul. And then errant reports. And then how much weight should the mental state factor into divine communications. Now, why is this important? Because you, when we say prophecy, you you think truth. When we say prophecy, you think God. When you say prophecy, you think God's truth. It doesn't cross your mind unless you've had bad experiences that prophecy coming out of a broken or a toxic vessel is tainted. It may not all be wrong, but it's tainted. And tainted prophecy is going to give you scattered results. So, you know, the piece that didn't get touched by the poison, all right. But then the pieces that got touched by the poison, hey, you're sick. Tainted prophecy comes from broken souls, fractured messengers, traumatized beings. You need to be born again for all these reasons. Because if not, then that person beyond that message that got through cannot offer you any goodness or anything else. Many times you get a prophecy and some of you all, I don't know who you are, you move them in your house. Don't do that. Don't move them into your house because they gave you a prophecy. Do not lend them your car because they prophesied. Don't do that. As a matter of fact, it, it's amazing how Satan got so many people to bring strangers in their house. Yep. 
I mean, they just bring strangers in. We had a drink. We had a good time at the bar. We're going to go home. We're going to do a flip flop and flap. And then, was that nice? Okay, I just want you to know. And then you're going to go to sleep with a stranger in your house because you wore out from booze and sex and they and they robbing you blind. That is the dumbest thing. Can anybody, I mean, I was like, can he? What? You wore out. You know, you're drunk. You know, had a hot night. And so now you go to sleep on somebody you have just met. And if you have kids, you don't care. They could finish with you and go to the kids. That's right. But you sleep. You can't defend your children. See, those kinds of crazy things. Do not let prophets and prophesiers move in with you simply because they gave a word that was right. A word that was right. Give them a little piece of change. Do a seed, you know, sow a seed. Because you should always sow a seed to the messengers of God. Sow a seed. And don't give your key. Now, I don't know who you are, but the Holy Spirit broke into this and said, stop doing that. Because you are not, those prophets are not Jesus. You are not inviting Jesus to live in your house. Okay? Trust me, they are not Jesus. A quality prophet would not want you to put yourself at risk. Unless they were in dire straits. So, you, we want to talk about these are some of the things that we are discussing as we walk in through the clinic. See, I, I just gave you some clinical counsel. Yes, you did. Stop giving them your checkbook. Don't give them your debit card. What is that? Why are you doing that? Well, they guessed the number. It's not hard to get your debit card number today. Ask Google. <laughs> Google made invasion of privacy a cultural art. Putting you at risk, culturally. So we're looking at again. If you look at this from week to week, you see that blank spot. We're gonna, we're gonna, we will be filling it in. But if you look at the screen, do you not see all of the things that are there? What do you see? We talk about the Almighty Certified Eternal Archives. We're talking about Scripture case files. We should know about that because you have to judge. Spiritual things with spiritual. Well, let me tell you something. Spiritual things is not judging two people's spirits. Spiritual thing is judging the words that Jesus speaks. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Isn't that what he said? He said the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony. We don't often say the testimony of. We say Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. But let's back up. See, because we're good at doing that hatchet. Oh, hatching on the scripture. We're just going to cut out the pieces we don't like. Okay? And then we have this, uh, this stack of files. All of the things. These represent everything that God lived. And then over here we have the judgment cases. We have the Edenic case which starts it all. And we have the prophecy cases. So let's look at why this is important. Isn't that wonderful? Did y'all like that? But you like that. But look at here. As the Lord, the divine communications, and I'm trying to get it fixed. You know, I, this was late at night, so you know I wasn't seeing. But this is what prophecy does. I was not seeing. You know, I got my new eyes now, and I have to, they rest, they require rest. Mm -mm. 
God starts everything with a prophet. So what does that mean? So first of all, publish. This is what your prophecy is supposed to do. Publish God's thoughts. Revelate, reveal what God has concealed. Teach people how to know him, how to obey him, how to become him, become his son. Watch over the souls that God has saved, that God has healed, that God has redeemed. Guard us, govern, decree what God, guard us, meaning protect us from God's enemy, protect us from the wicked one. That's what prophets are supposed to do, not sell you out over a dinner meal and a television appearance. Okay, they are to govern for God. Government began with prophets. Abel was the first prophet. So government began with prophets. Moses, prophet. You see, new government, Jesus Christ, eternal government. Decree, prophets are supposed to decree what God will and will not do or wants for you. And it will not deviate from his character. It will not deviate from his righteousness. If God prophesies you're going to marry a whore, it's because you have a Hosea call. And girls not going to change. Sis will. Is it case? It's a case. Hosea and Gomer, aren't they a Bible case? It is. Okay. I just want to say Samson and Delilah. That's a, that's a Bible case. God was hot with Samson from the moment Samson became grown because he was using his strength and he was muscling his parents and muscling society. So what did he do? He allowed him to become toxic, toxically addicted to delight. He could not see this girl was getting was selling him out. He couldn't see it because he was so consumed with himself and his arrogance. And God wanted to remove him. So just so if you got that piece that you can't let go, you need to be praying about that. What? I was nice. Wasn't I nice? You were. You were. You did well. Okay. Because God, he will hook you with your craftiness. He will ensnare you in your own cons, in your own games. When God says he, he has, a, in, his, in his case disposition, he said, when a person is often rebuked and hardens their heart yep. or stiffens their neck, they will fall into calamity and that without remedy. He also says a stiff-necked person, when he has talked to him, he says in Proverbs, evil angels will be sent to you right. because everything has to be in the spirit first. So you all assume that Jesus is scared of devils. He said, I run devils. I decree what they do. Satan doesn't run me. I know he tells his people that, but then they're already blinded. Anyhow, it doesn't matter what he says because the light is turned on in Jesus. It says the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ is the light. Truth comes from Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we all, because all of us can look back on that and say, oh, man, was I damn dumb? <laughs> what was I? What was it? Sure. Declaration. Declaration means clearing up what has been decreed, clearing up what God is doing so that you understand it and letting you know what comes next. Edict. Obviously, that's a legal term. Edict, where God, he, 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 we speak out what God 
is saying, what God has decreed, what God has legislated, what he's enacting. Enactment means that the prophet enacted, goes to do it. When he said, what do we say? When Samuel said to Saul, he said, listen, you're going to go and you're going to meet a group of prophets coming down the hill and they're going to be singing. And he said, and as they're singing, you will be turned into another man. There is no such thing as an idle word from a prophet. There's no such thing as a, now they're idle. They can speak idle words, but God's prophets learn early in the game. Shut up is the safety word. What's the safe word? Shut up. See, now we have the, under, the unenlightened declare is the safe word. Prophesy. Is a safe word. But in God, shut up. Jesus is on the cross. He cannot say anything. He can't even howl in pain. Because the script has been written. And he's got to do everything according to what was written concerning him. He's up there. He could say, I, 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 slap, I, mm, mm. He told Pilate, I can call 12 legion of angels. Do you know those angels were standing by? Just tell us. Come on, call it. Come on. Come on. They will, and they were waiting because he's their Lord, he's their God, and they hate what's happening to him, but they thoroughly understand that it must be. These these ramble robber, chatty chatty prophets that can't ever shut up, can't get to a period in the sentence, can't even get to a comma, colon, semicolon, dash, hyphen, nothing. Can't even take a breath. That breeds lack of restraint. You have to discipline your soul to say what God says, to give your word, to make your statements and shut up. And by all means, give other people a chance to talk because you don't know what you're listening to. God may be responding to them in your spirit, phrasing what he wants to say to them, but you'll never get there. Chatty prophets. I've been around the table with some of them. I remember my early days. I was like, man, they never stop. My gosh. And eventually you stop talking for God and you start talking out your own heart. Then you start, you go, and scripture says, then you go to lying. Out of too many words, you go to lying. You cannot be a prophet and not know how to shut up right to the end of the sentence, say, that's all God said. Be quiet, walk away. If you don't know how to shut up, walk away. I learned that because I couldn't shut up. I was so excited. God was talking. I was running all over everybody. It was just unpleasant. <laughs> thoroughly, thoroughly unpleasant. It just was unpleasant, unprofessional, you know. And so I said, well, God, what do I do? He said, say it and leave. What? Because, you know, I wanted him to know I had more to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they were listening to me. I had some more to say. And I, and I learned, say, if you don't know how in the beginning, Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for listening. If you listen to when I speak, there's a whole lot I can say. But I don't ramble because after a while, people's self-defense will, will turn your sound into a drone and they will shut their ears to what you're saying. And some powerful things that could be heard under better settings or in a better way, they won't get heard because after a while, they'll see you coming and say, uh-uh, uh-uh. And then we have enforce. Now, this is what we were talking about. Prophets enforce their word. Not everyone. There are some people that just, you're just grade one prophets. You know, you just speak. You know, we have grades, so we do them here. And so we do the grade thing, grade one, grade two, three, four, and five. 
And so we also do faith one, two, three, four, and five. And trust me, Chief loves that. She and and Prophet Angela, they go with the grades and faces. They're like, okay, okay. They <laughs> you like them too, huh? Okay, so so when when someone comes up on my assessment grade one, I don't expect them genius to come out of their mouth. I don't. Why? Because they can't recognize genius in the assessment. They didn't choose. They only chose answers that made sense to them. Grade two, mm -mm, I don't. Grade three, grade three is apprentice. You're going to serve as an apprentice in my organization because I need to know what you're going to do with your mantle under the weight and burden of this thing. You're going to serve as an apprentice. You're going and, and I, we make you serve as an apprentice. Now we have people to get mad. They got mad and left. That's all right. I'm the one on the rise. So if I go and tell somebody you're not it, I don't. They don't care that you left ten years ago. We got people now call me ten years, twenty years later. How'd they leave? I tell them exactly. I told you last time. I don't lie about how people left. So don't tell people to call me for a reference if you turned your back on me. Because I'm going to tell the truth, the whole truth, the Holy Ghost truth. Because I'm not answering as a sheep in a pew. I'm not answering as your counselor or your therapist. I'm answering as the person who has a right to assess you because you put yourself under my tutelage. So I'm don't 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 mm -mm, don't do that because I'm going to tell the truth. I do tell the truth. That's what we went through with the last one, boy. Folk were all upset because I told the truth. So if you all would have loved me if I lied. I don't tell white lies to, t to protect people. I don't tell colored lies. I don't think about multicolored lies. <laughs> I don't have any, I don't have any rainbow. Now, if I can't tell the truth, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm just going to not. I just won't say it because what's the point? You know, now, and if I find that I've, and my staff will tell you, if I find that I gave you misinformation, I come back and say, hey, guys, I was wrong. You know, let me fix that. Liberate. A true prophet will liberate your soul from darkness, from hell and sin. Their words will liber liberate them. Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just send the word only and my servant will be healed. That means creation has cut covenant with the, your voice and the sound of your voice and your articulation of God's power. There's a covenant that's cut. That's a whole training. And then shepherd. We pretty much should be shepherding you into the righteousness of God. You know, Samuel, when they realized that they messed up with God, the, Israel was like all depressed and brokenhearted. And they were like, oh, Lord, we really, Yahweh's not going to like us anymore. Right? He said, hold on. Yeah, you messed up. Yeah, you and I, it was foolish for you to ask for a king, but you did. But stay with Yahweh. Stay with our God. Stay with the Lord. Because if you leave the Lord, you will turn to things that do not profit. So, this whole idea, you can't come back home and, well, you know, Dr. Price is hard. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Are you kidding? I got so many mistakes in my little journals. I don't even want to talk about Jesus' journals. Okay? Right. So this whole idea that people can't mess up and come back to God, that's ridiculous. When Peter messed up, Jesus said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Because he knew Peter wasn't coming. Peter's like, I am not going to this man's meeting. I know he's going to have a resurrection reunion. I'm not going. <laughs> he's gonna put the team back together again and i know <laughs> okay i'm not going because if i and understand it was difficult because peter had to show up with everybody knowing yeah he messed over jesus 
But they also understood Jesus' teaching. He who has no sin cast the first stone. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, yeah, I do. I tell people, come on, baby, come on, sugar, smooches. We're going to move on. However, we are a little more circumspect. And then prophecy enters earth by way of, number one, divine inspiration. The spirit of God breathes on you. He breathes on you in your sleep. So you he, when he breathes, can you imagine Jesus' breath? Call, it's a video. How is your breath a video? I need to understand that. <laughs> I'm talking about biotechnology. See, Jesus is biotech. I know Satan think he invented it, but it's biotech. And I've been studying these last couple of weeks and realizing, wow, Jesus, you are something else. So he goes, he says to the apostles, he breathes on it, receive you the Holy Ghost. One breath. I was like, breathe on me, God. I'm going to shed a bow. I won't. Just, as a matter of fact, huff and puff on me. It's okay. Huff, huff and puff. Do what you want. And then divine revelation. And then by revelation, meaning revelation means pulling back the veil, pulling back the curtain so that you can see what is been God has been hiding from the masses, but is entrusting to you. Of course, dreams. Dreams is primary. That, I mean, it, it, dreams are actually the most primary way God talks to prophets and his, and his body. Job says that he talks to all creation through dreams. Job 33, I believe it is, talks about how God will, as soon as he puts you to sleep, he's going to talk to you. <laughs> that man talk because he doesn't talk to your brain. He talks to your mind. Your mind trains your brain because your mind is not your brain. I know they like to teach that. And then visions. Visions are literally total real life dramas where God is not a depiction of what God is doing. It's God bringing you into a future event as it has happened in him. And then spiritual sight. That is when God lifts your the, the, the normal veil on your heart, um, on your eyes. For you to see, but he doesn't just lift it on your eyes. He has to literally prime your brain to not look for hard physical visions. And he's got to prime your brain to suppress your normal optics so that your spirit's optics ride over it and you get to see it and it talks to your brain. And then spiritual hearing, pretty much the same thing. When he talks about dullness of hearing, he's saying that there's a veil that he installed. Oh, I just love this man. In all human, humanity, when they fell, that they don't have to, they won't hear spiritual chatter. Can you imagine? When we, like, if we could see all of the angels in this room and they're all chatting and whatnot and we're hearing them chat and you're trying to listen to me and we're seeing them act, the, uh, the, the dead mortal mind cannot accommodate that. It cannot process that so God muted he put mufflers on all of it so that he picks and choose when your ears can hear his realm and hear his creatures and then the prophet spirit I think you probably really like that one the prophet spirit is the unique spirit that's given to prophets people who are ordained to be prophets and and, and at times um, to enable them to Occupy and discharge 
God's office of divine communications and prophetic service. They get a piece of Jesus's office. Now, prophesier gets the, the gift as an endowment. They are, and so they, that's a talent. They get it as a gift and it shows up in various traits as the Holy Spirit comes on board. But the prophet gets the full apparatus in that in their native spirit, they get prophetic apparatus, prophetic attributes, prophetic traits, perception, all of the faculties that make a prophet who and what he or she is. They come in that prophet spirit. That is why we do. We, we love Jeremiah one. He said, before I formed you in the womb, wait a minute, before you formed me in the womb, that means I would have been a little in my mother's egg, a little in my daddy's sperm. Before I was a zygote, gamete, and all of that, I was, you gave me, wrapped me, and, and literally weaved throughout my makeup the spirit of a prophet, the mantle of a prophet, the mind and faculties of a prophet. That, so that is why we're born. Nobody can make you a prophet. The Holy Spirit can use you to prophesy, but no one can make you a prophet. And if the Holy Spirit uses you to prophesy, you're largely a predictor. You lack the wisdom. The prophet spirit has a peculiar response to wisdom, but a sense of wisdom. Like that prophet will say, yeah, but that, mm -mm, that makes sense. I got, I got to follow this. Ooh, that hit it. Other people are like, duh, what they say? I don't know what they say. You know, I mean, she's so, she's so deep. She's so, so complex. I mean, really, do I need to know that in church? You do today. You, if you didn't know it, need to know it last week, you do today. Okay, I'm saying, you know. And then the Holy Spirit is literally the, the entirety of heaven. The Holy Spirit is God's ambassador, eternal ambassador in the planet. Everything an ambassador does, that's the Holy Spirit. From salvation and redemption, all of that. The Holy Spirit is in the planet to see to those to see to God's businesses in those who are heirs of salvation, but also to see to God's interests in the world. Isn't that powerful? Mm -hmm. And ambassadors deal with the light and the darkness. We, you know, we, we, we don't catch that. So we get the Holy Spirit who dispenses the gifts, who share what he shares and all of those kinds of things. I hope you appreciate this wonderful class that I gave you, and I hope that it's a class that will inspire your sowing and your giving. So I'm going to ask you to sow a seed. I'm sure they have the have the um, information on the screen, and I'm going to ask you to share, 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 share some more, and then, and then find somebody to share with. And by all means, if you haven't seen it, go see 2,000 Mules. I don't care what your party affiliation is. None of that matters. You need to go and see what the shadow people, the people in the dark, are doing to dethrone your country and to see to it that you will not be called an American. You need to go see. Hallelujah. Well, I had a great time. Yes. We have a few minutes. Would you like to give a short rap or a, com a commentary or something? We let you do that. Every now and then. Thank you.
Great show. Come on, audience. Round of applause. Great show. Great show. We love you, Dr. Paula Price. Amen. So definitely so into the Jesus and Paula show, taking it on with Paula Price season two. We're already into season two. She's already had some powerful guests and the list keeps rolling. We do know that Dr. Price will be returning to the Diamond and Silk show in June. Yes. She'll be returning in June. Yes. Uh, great things have already come out of the first interview. We look forward to seeing what God is doing in the kingdom, in these kingdom connections. And so, yes, I talked about that already. All right. Uh-huh. I was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Did you do it justice? I, of course. Okay. Did I do it justice? Did I do it justice? Of course. Hello. All right. So in case you are in Tulsa, you can visit us on Sundays at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands right here. Yes. Dr. Price is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, she is still in Tulsa. She hasn't left, didn't take a break, didn't go anywhere else as far as that's concerned. She's still here. And so you can visit www.drpaulaaprice.com. And you can get connected and register with our event. You can subscribe and download her podcast. You can also connect from her main website to meetpaulaprice.com, which is where you find out about all the enterprises and her political leadership. That's already It's already uh, posted on that website as well. Uh, learn more about the Congregation of the Mighty, our church, from drpaulaaprice.com. That is the hub website. Yes. That's the site that takes you to all the other 900 websites that we have. It's not 900. But it seems like it. Right. But they're connected. Of course. They are connected. Do your homework. If you want to stay connected with, do your homework. You can go to drpaulaaprice.com right there on the homepage. You can click on do your homework. If you want to see the other places where Dr. Price has been as a guest, in particular as a guest, you can also go to guess where? drpaulaaprice.com. And right there on the homepage, we have a litany of logos and peoples and places where Dr. Price has been seen on, as seen on. As seen on. That's me. And the list goes on. She is the official as seen on. (laughs) So we want to thank you for sharing this, especially joining us at our new time on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Share, share, share. Tag, tag, tag. So, so, so. God bless you. And we will see you all next week on the Jesus and Paula show. Dr. Price should be on television because her wisdom is universal. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you agree or you don't, there is wisdom and eternal truths in everything she says. She's intelligent and not just emotionally reactionary. And so if she's going to, let's just say, have a rebuttal against something, she has done her homework. And so it's not just shooting off emotionally and this is just what I believe and just, you know, unbridled passion all over the place. She should be on television because the world needs her, not just the body of Christ. There are answers that she has taken the time, which a lot of people don't want to do, and paid the price and the sacrifice like people in scripture. And it's time for the world and the world is ready to hear that information. Oh, she's real. Dr. Price is real. That's the appeal. We just had a whole bunch of people in church on Sunday, and the overriding comment was, but she's just so honest, but it's just so truthful. And it's not just 
honesty to shock people and do whatever. She's honest about the Lord, honest about the word, honest about us sitting in the seats and herself also sitting in their seats. And, and that's, that's huge. You, you don't even realize you don't hear the truth a lot until you hear it. And you're like, that's it. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to visit www.takingiton.com. Taking It On is not just about a television show. It is about getting around tables, having discussions, making connections, shaking hands, opening doors, and you might be the solution or the open door to what God has told Dr. Paula Price. And so as we continue to take it on, we want to take it on with you. Partner with us at www.takingiton.com.